So what you saying? Money. Get out my business. Okay. Hey, how you doing? You were brought here probably by the thumbnail and the raging testosterone that I'm going to use to clickbait the hell out of people. Click on this. Uh, but we will be talking about something that, once again, I want to repeat to the masses. In the grand scheme of things, does not matter. But because uh, the GOP has ran out of uh, shock, shock material, such as Mr. Potato Head, Dr. Seuss, or them censoring uh, the, the Way of the South, what's the name of that racist movie from uh, Disney? Um, because they don't have anything like that to talk about right now, they, this is their new thing. Uh, critical race theory is an interesting thing for me. And it's only interesting in the fact that people seem to be terrified of it. People seem to have a, a, a almost an allergic reaction to it and it's brought upon by their insecurities to have competent conversations about race relations uh if you really want to know if you're welcomed in a situation talk about one of the the three dirty deeds politics racism and sex have one of those Mm. if you can't have any of those conversations with somebody they're not really that comfortable with you so uh keep your pc for the purposes that you can but eric I am a person who correlates race, uh, critical race theory to be just history in my eyes. That's a very mundane, washed down version of it. What is your thoughts on critical race theory? I. It's a fancy term that people probably shouldn't use because. um, Here and I had a discussion about this uh, yesterday evening and. A lot of people on the right view this as something detrimental to the upcoming group of young people that are that are matriculating in the halls of institutions where they learn things. And the reason why they see it as detrimental because they believe that it is surreptitiously embedding a negative thought or idea into the minds of their children or loved ones about essentially them learning about racism was going to make their them racist. I somewhat understand the premise, but the other part of me is like, dude, I have to live and live with certain realities every day. I'm not a victim. I make my own decisions. I'm accountable. But the thing is I have to stop and take inventory of the things that I say and do because of the, the, the genetics that I did not have a say in. Okay. And some people, because when you're the ruling class and you're the majority, there's certain things that you innately don't have to consider. I, I'm a man of routine. I put things in the same place all the time. So I don't forget. I do things on a routine because it means I'm less susceptible to making mistakes. When I step on the other on the on the other side of the threshold of my door, there's a certain checklist that me, I have to run. Hero, you gotta run the same checklist. Brandon, you gotta run the same checklist. Tex probably gotta run the same checklist. There's things that we innately do to protect ourselves from everybody else. So I I do what I need to do to protect myself, but what I don't what I don't think people need to do is overreact to something. If you're a good person, be a good person. Mo- the majority of this crap 
has to do with the fact that some people mean to do good, some people want to do good, and then some very few people just do good. Here are and I were talking about this. The crux of all this is here are and I lead with the the belief that a person should do the right thing if they know what the right thing is. And if you, we don't teach you what's wrong and be able to compare it with what's right, then you're going to more often than not choose wrong. Yeah, and ignorance isn't an excuse to do wrong. Willful ignorance, dang sure ain't an excuse to do wrong. So what I what I, the problem like one another problem in our hero, I want to know what you think, is that people look at what they already believe and they refuse to go over to the other side and see what the deal is and see where they meet in the middle. And I think that's what makes the identity booth what it is. How many times have y'all been on here and Hero and I have disagreed and met in the middle? Because I would take the time to listen to his point. He would take the time to listen to my point. We'd figure out what we accept and don't. And then we meet in the middle and shake hands, say I love you and keep pushing. But this is why we keep having divides here. People, people don't want to deal with the real issues we have in the country. They don't want to have a conversation because now they're uncomfortable. Now they're defensive. And this is where we are. Hero, what, what would you say to that? Well, and it speaks to the grand scheme of this. Uh, ostensibly, uh, the whole idea of learning about this critical race theory is about learning about it. It's, it's just that. Learn about it before you make a judgment of it so what you have is a bunch of people prejudging a situation and how do we get here right so we have a situation where we we know (laughs) we know that at a college campus kids can go to this campus and whatever they decide their major to be they will have to complete a list of core classes and then elective classes this is going to be introduced as an elective class to people who are not majors in the field of either psychology, population, dis- population data analysis, or something of that nature, you know, some philosophy or something of that nature. So when you have people who a, a, on a college campus who have the freedom of choice to even decide if this is a course, the fact that this was a debate about this course being introduced to a college campus and then later on being introduced to high schoolers begs the question, why are you afraid of your kids learning something that could be beneficial to them as they grow up. Not something that would should should mold them or should lead the way. Because I can tell you hundreds of kids are forced to take geometry. And none of them are out here building buildings or becoming architects. That's not how learning works. You, you just use the information that's most pertinent and valuable to you. I'll never use Pythagorean theorem. But I know that shit like the back of my hand. Right? So it's about learning. But, I, but me, what me and Eric have just sat here and described to you. Just take that into context because me and Eric are on two different sides of the aisle on this and we have a relative idea. I'm going to show you the most extreme version of this and then I'm going to ask you to see, like, just compare what the most extreme version of this is. What their idea of it is. I'm guessing you probably have. It has already insinuated itself into many institutions Burger and is making rapid is progress into it's others. Just trash. If it takes hold, it will completely no, change uh, the very nature of America and the way you live. Critical race theory holds that the it's most important thing trash. about you is your race. It is gutter the trash. color of your skin. That's who you are. Uh, again, and this is the first lie. Critical race theory has it has is not just about race. It is a it's, it is about how systemic racism affects people's 
races. That's it's about how social norms are derived from 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 lack of knowledge or lack of understanding. It's not an internal bias you might have, but it's about how systems affect race. It's not about race affecting systems. It's about how systems affect race. Not your behavior, not your values, not your environment, your race. And all of those are systems. In critical race he's, theory, he's if you are a member of a minoritized racial group, their term, not mine, Passive you are a victim bullshit. of a system that is rigged against you, a system that doesn't want you to succeed. On the other hand, if your race is privileged, you're an exploiter, whether you intend to be or not. This is also another extreme. Critical race theory take. begins from the assumption that racism occurs in all interactions. To see how this works, consider this thought experiment. Imagine you own a shop and two customers enter at the same time, one white and one black. Who do you help first? If you help the black person first, critical race theory would say you did so because you don't trust black people to be left alone in your store. No, it doesn't. That's racist. <laughs> if you help the white person first instead, critical race theory would say you did so because you think blacks are second-class citizens. That's racist too. Okay. So we're going to stop here. The problem with this thought experiment is the fact that, remember, he said it himself in the beginning. It's about race. If two people walk into the shop and they both ask for help, your common law knowledge is whoever got there first. That's a social norm that we have established already. And we so much so that we ask. Who's next? Exactly. So, so, so we let the people look at each other and decide who's going to have enough manners to let the other one go first since you guys relatively came in at the same time. <laughs> it takes all the pressure off of me to pick you. And again, if you're getting this out of a book that's labeled critical race theory, we should put that book in the trash too. Because that's just not what actually occurs in nature. These hypothetical, whether whether it's in a critical race theory book, if this isn't a book, burn the book. If this is something that you made up as a little model to to get to the point that no matter what happens, the the all situations are going to be racist. There are some people, but they are the 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 minority in a in a in an ideological group. You again, the, you're doing the same thing to these people that you're accusing them of doing. If you lump all of them into this bag and say, "Well, if you agree with critical race theory, then this is what you believe," no, that's not necessarily true. There's it, two things can exist in a vacuum. We've gotten so polarized yeah. as, as a society that two things can exist in the same vacuum. And we can't we we never allow both ideas to exist and give people the opportunity to decide what they're going to believe, one or the other or a mixture of the two. Why is this so difficult? This is what he's doing right now is is a bad faith argument. It, he's doing this to antagonize a situation that in in our day-to-day -day activities we have social norms to help rectify these issues before you can even think of any bias because bias isn't needed in trying to figure out who's next it's literally a decision of who walked in first and just so everyone's clear the white dude walked in first so if i'm the dude at the register i'm saying sir how can i help you because you are the first person walking and if the black person behind him says why are you helping him first my logical response is going to be because he walked in first, sir. 
But if you need something in a life or death situation, uh, I'll ask him if he minds letting you go first. It's just mindless. Let's continue. That's critical race theory. It can find racism in anything, even if it has to read your mind to do it. Critical race theory is a uniquely American invention. (laughs) <laughs> Grew up at Harvard Law School in the 70s, now part of the academic. Okay. And- Why well, he got to be an and, asshole, bro. Because, because, like, he has a very punchable face. And once again, we do not condone bro, violence. On we the don't identity. condone we violence. We don't condone. I just oh. said, I know, I know, I know. But I, 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 I didn't say I want to punch him. I just said he has a punchable face. Uh, but he glazed over, I want you to keep in mind, the Harvard Law School in the 70s. This is super important. Don't forget this. This is going to come back later to bite him in the ass. And this is, once again, further proof that people like him have an agenda where they're not part of telling the truth. What he is doing is literally the reason why critical race theory should exist. Because when you whitewash a situation like this, you leave us open to believing that Harvard did something wrong by introducing this brand of thinking. But when you see the people who brought this brand of thinking and the reason why they brought it, it makes a lot more sense. I don't know how much more time we want to waste on a fake university, Eric, but we can go to the juice of this story. Um, yeah, man, get to we can get to the juice, but I think it's still good to to paint a backdrop for these. Now part of the academic and media mainstream. We talk about on this channel, so we should give it a little. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll let it go a little longer. It is also uniquely un-American because it. And he said it's un-American. It literally was made in America. Okay. Rejects the core tenets of the American classically liberal Judeo-Christian value system. It turns the bedrock American idea upside down. Here it is in the words of Richard Delgado and Gene Stefanczyk, two leading proponents. Critical race theory questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment rationalism, and the neutral principles of constitutional law. It does this because critical... All right, I'm I'm done. That's all I can handle. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so bad. Like legal legal bearings, like all of that is just jargon. None of those words correlate to the fact of the matter that it is a form of education. It's just for and just to show you guys how uh, and before like before we go to the other video, I'm going to just hit back on my browser real quick and uh, this might take forever to load. But I I was convinced like cuz I wanted to find like uh, a, a liberal talking point on this like i was like man who's making a fuss about this in the li- liberal world and literally when you type critical race theory into google the f- it's all prager you the heritage foundation the achievement minneapolis like it's just a bunch of curly charlie kirk's unknown white supremacist he's number five on the list here he's explaining re- just this look at how this image looks a white man is explaining is explaining to a black woman why critical race theory shouldn't matter to her. If there's ever if if privilege if privilege was a picture, it'd be this. But the thing I love about white people is they come in all shapes and sizes. The black people were just awesome. <laughs> mm. But but, but uh, you know, once again, me and Eric were not racist, but we are assholes. We are assholes. Um but here's another white man talking about critical race theory and his explanation of it is profound without being too harsh you know what i mean mm, I don't. 
explain what critical race theory is to the best of my ability, but keep in mind, I'm a layperson who's gonna do most of my research on Wikipedia and YouTube videos. Normally, I try to be a little more thorough, but it doesn't actually matter for our purposes what critical race theory is, but rather what people are pretending it is. And that sucks. It sucks that this discussion will take this turn because there's really nothing about critical race theory that warrants the vitriolic reaction it gets. It's a series of normal and in most cases, very common sense ideas to explain the dynamics of racism without relying on lazy answers like, I don't know, some people are just bad. Or like, everyone just naturally hates people who are different. Ideas that are just like, hey, racism's gonna happen, what are you gonna do about it? The people who teach it will now forever have to contend with dishonest hacks, shouting over them to pretend as though they're claiming some shit like white people are evil or whatever. So the very least I can do is be a dishonest hack that defends them. Let's go super bare bones here. Critical theory is a philosophy or method of analyzing things that views the ways that social structures and power dynamics influence social problems more than individual beliefs or actions. Critical race theory is that method applied to race and racism. In this view, racism is not simply a product of individual bad actors, but is also reproduced unconsciously in systems and institutions. Racism is baked into how we do things in ways that we may not realize and may not even intend. I'll give you an example. Eurocentrism in history education. That's when you focus on Europe or the descendants of people from Europe in history and kind of ignore the rest of the world, where things also happened. An educator may not set out to center European history, but the tools and information available to them might treat that as the norm. Regardless of intent, this results in the history of people from other continents being neglected thereby presenting their story as less important than that of whitos like myself and less worthy of study. And that's, that that's right all there, it is. that's it. <coughs> yeah. Well, okay, obviously that's not all. I'm not that's it. That's it in a nutshell. It's just giving, a, 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 like I said, the real history on a situation where no side is glorified there's no opinion based on this it's just giving you the facts of the situation and if there's something that i've become inherently aware of through this pandemic is that when you give people facts that go against their beliefs they will fight you to the ends of the earth on their deathbed gasping for their last breath while decline denying they have covid they will they will fight you bro so, like, when it comes straight down to it, critical race theory isn't about targeting white people and saying that you're bad for being white or you're an oppressor for being white. It's just saying, hey, and there's a great video, and I probably should have had that video queued up. Uh, there's a legislator in, uh, I believe it was in Florida, who spoke mm -hmm. about how he it dawned on him as a 40-year-old man sitting in, in sitting in his chambers watching his black and brown and uh hispanic people in congress working and fighting for different bills and rights and it dawned on him that he says wow they put in so much effort to get so little but because he's a white straight tall man he get, he just has that much more edge he talks about how because he's taller than everyone he immediately draws presence and and doesn't get bothered. No one's going to mess with him. No one's going to pick at him. No one's going to back, backlash at him like they would say a smaller person in the room. Because he's white, he, he's just given the benefit of that. He talks about it in candid feelings. And it just made me say, 
Like it was, it was amazing to see Eric. Did you watch that video? Mm-mm. I did not watch it. It was a it's a TikTok that I sent, and there's a part of me that wants to go look for it. But um, it 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 was amazing to see. But after hearing the two sides of the critical race theory, what? What what now do what now do we have? Do we have like okay, can we meet in the middle? Is there someone there? This is one of the rare occasions where like I have to just flat out say, if you're if you have a problem with critical race theory, once again, it's because you have an innate misunderstanding about what it is and it's your fear is not allowing you to be open about what is what 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 the benefits of it is. Because critical race theory actually helps everybody involved it gives people a platform to talk about things that they might not be savvy to and it gives people a platform who didn't have one in the first place critical race theory is one of those things that will further benefit us in the future i don't know what's your take on it i don't like forcing people to do things they don't want to do whether or not i think it's what's best for them it's not something that i force I will. I think it's good to force on people. People have to arrive at what's right on their own. If they can't, hopefully they will die off and not procreate. But in the meantime, can't focus on those people. You have to do the right thing. Honestly, go after the next generation. Be better for the next generation. Have more information, more understanding available for the next generation. As technology increases, so is the desire for people to understand and know. And that's one thing I can say about the generations behind me is that they know because they have access to ready data. They can they can find out whatever they want and, and think whatever they want. You sheltering them from that is not going to stop them from forming their own ideas because they have everything in the palm of their hand. We've seen it even with the and politicians. To your point, and even to your point, giving them all the information will not benefit could also be a detriment to them ultimately giving them the opportunity is what you really want is what you yep. really want so eric's making a great point there and and I, you know what i'll compare that to i remember when i was in the sixth grade i was riding uh with my mom to school and you know people at, people at church were getting baptized and my mom's like well do you want to get baptized i was like do you want me to she's like eric People get to believe whatever it is they want, and if that's what you decide you want to believe, then you can go ahead and make that decision for yourself. But here's the information. You get to make the decision. And that's honestly what good parenting is. If you're a good parent, you'll present all the information, show why, and you have have to be honest enough to say, Here's why people on this side think this is beneficial. Here's why people on that side think this is beneficial. These are the pros, the cons that I see. Here's the information. You read it. What do you think? It's got it's got to be that way. You got to give your kids, your loved ones, all the information. Not what we see most people do. Take a cursory look from one side, kind of what they already think and feel. And then they just do whatever. So, I mean, that's what I think, bro. No, for sure, for sure. But remember I said, keep in mind that that Harvard Law School professors and all that stuff, this is why that's important. We're going to look at just two out of the seven. If my computer ever gives it to me. Thank you, computer. Maybe. But those two Harvard Law professors, or of the seven, 
uh, they were civil rights activists. And remember how quickly he brushed over it and said that the amalgamation of all of this information are just a bunch of people trying to uproot and put America on its head and trying to disenfranchise American patriotic Judeo-Christian ways. These were civil rights people who did this. You know, Derek Albert Bell, a, a renowned professor, a renowned civil rights activist. You know, he was part of the law, law group who started to create this idea because he saw the inequities within our systems that were creating hostile environments for people of color. Kimberly Williams. Crenshaw, she was another activist on this matter. So these weren't just, you know, the these weren't just some radical people. These were people who had true reasons to want to try and change the system or point out the advantages of critical race theory. But this is all important because at Harvard, when this was all going down, this was a law school who was also facing this reality. And when you look at this picture, it then starts to make a lot more sense why these group of people decided that this was the place now to make this up. Because a lot of people conflate having education. This is a misconception that was brought upon uh, through this. That, you know, it's, 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 the, it's the Jim Bobs and the Billy, Billy Bob Thorntons of the South who are really, you know, the racist. And that's not, you know, educated men and women aren't racist and this is the graduation photo that was taken on harvard that they denied for years this is a graduation photo from harvard so that whole notion of you know there being no bias because they're educated that that's blown out of the water and it makes it so much more important to have these conversations and bring them to light because of those people doing that work, we were able to have a candid conversation about why this is wrong and why this isn't the norm. There's a reason why they only do this now. <laughs> and, and they got to be careful where they do this because some folks will beat your ass. Mm. But it's important that we have these conversations. So this isn't the norm. That's why critical race theory is important. So pictures like this can derive the shame it deserves instead of silent praise from people who thought it was okay. But I mean, that's just our ideas. That's just our opinions on it. We'd love to hear you guys as, you know, deep dive into this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, but for um, what it's worth, I mean, Eric, like I don't, like I don't know, like, would you feel fine with your kid being taught critical race theory? Mm. Nah, I want to be responsible for whatever goes in. Like, I, again, I have no problem. Is he, am I going to teach them that? No, I don't have a problem presenting both sides of the argument and saying, "Hey, these, this is all the information. You have to decide for yourself." what is what isn't what you agree with what you don't what is right and what is wrong and if you can make decisions based on you know a, a sense of morality that's what i'll feel more comfortable with as your parent 
but as, I can, I can as live a parent, with that. you gotta give morality to your kids. Like you have a responsibility in installing that morality. So like you you could you could vehemently say, hey, people wearing hoods and hanging out in public and making other people of color uncomfortable is wrong. That's not something that's difficult to say. That's again, that's that's nurturing, and again, it has to be. Especially, unfortunately, in today's day and age, morality is, is subjective. That's why I have to present the information and say, this is what society has agreed upon is right or wrong. Now, me, me having the Bible as the foundation of my ideology, obviously, I'm going to say this is what the Bible says is right or wrong. What are you going to get? But it's so hard to find through the daily grind. We're working overtime. And I'm sleep deprived, shorty on the line and we feel some fights Seems like every night, don't care who's wrong or right I hope the end is sight, slow it down